Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It is now time for the bigger picture. And this morning, we're digesting the latest policy moves by the Federal Reserve. I mean, have you ever heard anyone say, fix the problem aggressively, but not too aggressive? <laughs> it's always a balancing act when it comes to what central banks need to do. On one hand, you've got to fight inflation, but at, on the other side, you've got to figure out how not to do it too much in order to let the economy grow as it needs to with low interest rates and borrowing costs not too high. So it's a bit of a balancing act. And here you have the Fed pretty much doing what many people are saying is a good job, sticking to the script. No hawkish surprises. They had a hike of 50 basis points rather than what some people were speculating, perhaps 75, which have been more aggressive. And Jerome Powell has ruled out that it will not be 75 in subsequent meetings. So that gives some clarity to investors. And that is, I think, one reason why we saw markets uh, having a bit of a relief rally overnight. And the other part of the conversation is how it will start to reduce its asset holdings on its $9 trillion balance sheet. So that is also another factor of clarity that markets are starting to digest. And let's get a bigger picture right now from Hao Cheng Wan. He is the head of Asia Fixed Income for Principal Global Investors. Morning, Hao Cheng. How are you doing today? Hi, morning, Ryan. Hope you are well. I'm doing well, Hao Cheng. So let's get your thoughts first on the latest move at FOMC. Give us a context. Now, going to this meeting and now hearing the decision, how aggressive is this versus your expectations? Sure. I think you've pretty much laid out how the market was kind of going into the Fed meeting and the post-reaction. I think, you know, the it, it's one of those that we are in a situation of seeing one of the larger hikes over the past few hiking cycles. The last time we saw 50 basis points was almost 20 years ago in 99-2000 cycle and the last 75 was in 95-94 cycle. Hmm. So a 50 basis point is nonetheless a large hike, but I guess the market was very much into it and very much priced in as well. So what we saw that 50 basis point hike plus quantitative easing announcement that will start in June, those were very much in the market. To us, what's going to be important is about when they hit neutral rate. Mm. The Fed has kind of talked about the next two meetings likely to be in a range of 50 basis points and then into set and December. And that puts you nicely into the 2.5%, which is where they are roughly thinking about the neutral rate. This then gives them that checkpoint to think about where inflation may, may peak, possibly into Q3. And the evolution of the economy, particularly in the U.S. and also what happens in China before they start thinking about whether they need to continue to be more restrictive as they bring rates above neutral rate. Yeah, Hauching, that's a great overview. Now, you talk about that neutral point that they are trying to normalize towards. So mm-hmm. what's the urgency here when you look at what's in the backdrop? We've got inflation happening, the Ukraine war, the lockdown in China. So with all those things playing out, is there urgency for them to really front load all these hikes and stay ahead of the curve rather than catch up? Absolutely. I think we are seeing inflation at spot levels at some of the highest point we've seen over the last few decades. So there is indeed, at least at the spot level, a very high inflation. And the inflation is caused by kind of two things. One, are more what we call as acyclical, which are disruptions due to COVID and revelations to kind of what happened with regards to certain parts of the economy, like in the auto sales, auto cars, prices have kind of risen dramatically. Some of these acyclical inflationary pressures are coming off. Yeah, 
and we, we do see them kind of come up auto prices uh, used car mm. prices are, are coming off but what we're kind of watching for are the underlying kind of aggregate demand push inflation within the u.s economy and and that still remains strong owners equivalent rent uh, which is based on the housing kind of driven inflation in the u.s accounts a large part of inflation in the u.s still remains strong wages are, are still high we're seeing some signs of slowing there in wages at the very least in the last few points but still, they are still at points that are at all times high over the last few decades. There is also political pressure coming through. Midterms are coming up. And if you go through the recent discussions and the debates through the midterms, inflation remains a very key point. And, and so the ground is, is definitely needing to want to see some inflation come off. And you probably have also heard yesterday the European Commission has talked about banning Russian oil. And you see oil and a few other commodities kind of rising. And this is going to be somewhat more structural as Europe tries to adjust. And if you try to adjust, you try to find for alternative sources of energy. And that, with a reduction in supply, prices will, will see some pressure there. So inflation pressure is, is not going away yet, but I think time will tell and, and probably our expectations as we see core inflation has, has come off slightly in last month, we, we might see some of it, uh, some of the pressure come off in the later part of the year. Yeah, it's going to be key to see how all these pressures are being absorbed by the market and businesses as well. And if you look at implications, mm-hmm. Hao Chung, how will all this play out for markets? Will we see you know, with rate hikes, investors starting to reposition themselves into other assets? I think we have already seen a constant move over the year, right? April was one of the worst months that we've seen for, for a while. And clearly the market was going into the Fed very worried about a hawkish outlook in, in terms of rates. That probably not, not like a fully priced 75 basis point yesterday itself, but at least worried about the Fed openly or implicitly talking about a 75 basis point. And that didn't really happen. The Fed was that the power was one thing to kind of move away from that. And so with also QT or the quantitative easing being somewhat more conservative, they are kind of doing a slower ramp up than earlier expected. So I think the market reaction kind of looks right in the near term, you know, lower yields, uh, better risk asset performance, steeper curves, weaker dollar. All these are kind of in the near term kind of make sense. And I think we can also see the current levels where we are in terms of risk assets and yields were still very much higher than most of what we saw in the entire month of April. So there can be some room for some adjustments. But nonetheless, I think inflation is still there. Uh, that There's still some pressure. I, I don't think we're seeing the end of end in yields for now, but I would say a large part of the rise in yields is, is probably done for here. Yeah, Hao Chung, let's uh, wrap things up with your view on how other central banks will start to react with the Fed hiking rate. So you've got the Fed pretty much you know, signaling it will do more and you had the RBI in India doing a bit of a preemptive move to also hike rates. Earlier this week, we had the RBA in Australia also doing a bigger than expected move and today we will be hearing from the BOE and that really signals how central banks around the world are starting to be under pressure to do more. What will be the outlook for Asian currencies? Uh, I, I think you, you basically have kind of nailed, nailed the point in the head. I think in, in the broad U.S. global rate hiking cycle, it's, it's really hard to, to kind of be extremely positive about the EM and, and, and Asia currencies that are kind of the, 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 the anti kind of the dollar block, right? And, and our, our sense is that broadly, 
Uh, at this stage, we would have to find exceptions to be positive on the Asia FX. One place that we are positive on would be the Sing dollar, just given the MAS tightening stance, both uh, the adjustment of the slope and the recentering of the midpoint. I, I think this is a standout in our view versus the rest of the FX. So we would like Sing dollar against many other pairs within the Asia complex. Uh, within the bond space, I think with global rates rising, uh, it's going to put pressure, uh, as you said, across uh, the, the Asia space. Uh, but one place uh, continually, just, just given the Chinese economy, we, we think Chinese government bonds uh, uh, in the front end and in steepening uh, positions is, is where we like, where, where front end liquidity will remain flush, uh, whereas the long end can still be pressured by, by supply to somewhat. There are central banks that will move in line with, with the Fed, uh, the Korea central bank, the BOK, for example, is likely to go one for one for it. So the one can, can somewhat be a lot more stable. So all in, I, I think we will have to look for some of the exceptions and wait for, wait for the hiking cycle to kind of get to a point that uh, the Fed has shown where they see it will end. And then there will be many more opportunities to come in the Asia space. All right, Mr. Hao Chung Wan, he is the head of Asia for fixed income at Principal Global Investors, helping us to break down the latest policy moves by the Federal Reserve. Hao Chung, thanks for your time, and we'll catch up again with you soon. Cheers. Thanks, Ryan. Have a good day. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.